0: Le'olam va'ed. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, March 24th. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure Scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit this week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Bred Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Shemene and it means 8th. Leviticus 11, 1-15 Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Of all the land animals, these are the ones you may use for food. You may eat any animal that has completely split hooves and chews the cud. You may not, however, eat the following animals that have split hooves or that chew the cud, but not both. The camel chews the cud, but does not have split hooves. So it is ceremonially unclean for you. The hyrax chews the cud but does not have split hooves, so it is unclean. The hare chews the cud but does not have split hooves, so it is unclean. The pig has evenly split hooves but does not chew the cud, so it is unclean. You may not eat the meat of these animals or even touch their carcasses. They are ceremonially unclean for you. Of all the marine animals, these are the ones you may use for food. You may eat anything from the water if it has both fins and scales, whether taken from salt water or from streams. But you must never eat animals from the sea or from rivers that do not have both fins and scales. They are detestable to you. This applies both to little creatures that live in shallow water and to all creatures that live in deep water they will always be detestable to you. You must never eat their meat or even touch their dead bodies. Any marine animal that does not have both fins and scales is detestable to you. These are the birds that are detestable to you. You must never eat them. The griffin vulture, the bearded vulture, the black vulture, the kite, falcons of all kinds, ravens of all kinds. Luke six twelve to 38 One day soon afterward, Yeshua went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose twelve of them to be apostles. Here are their names. Simon, whom he had named Peter. Andrew, Peter's brother. James, John. Philip, Bartholomew. Matthew, Thomas. James, son of Alphaeus. Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. When they came down from the mountain, the disciples stood with Yeshua on a large level area, surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowds. There were people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and from as far north as the sea coasts of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of all their diseases, and those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him, and he healed everyone. Then Yeshua turned to his disciples and said, God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep, now, for in due time you will laugh. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man? When that happens, be happy, yes, leap for joy, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets that same way. What sorrow awaits you, who are rich, for you have only your happiness now? What sorrow awaits you, who are fat and prosperous now? For a time of awful hunger awaits you. What sorrow awaits you, who laugh now? For your laughing will turn to mourning and sorrow. What sorrow awaits you, who are praised by the crowds? For their ancestors also praised false prophets. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to take them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Or give others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Psalm 67, 1-7 May God be merciful and bless us. May his face smile with favor on us. May your ways be known throughout the earth, your saving power among people everywhere. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Let the whole world sing for joy, because you govern the nations with justice and guide the people of the whole world. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Then the earth will yield its harvests, and God, our God, will richly bless us. Yes, God will bless us, and people all over the world will fear Him. Proverbs eleven twenty seven. If you search for good, you will find favor, but if you search for evil, it will find you. I'd like to speak to you today from Leviticus chapter 11, and then we're going to jump into Luke chapter 6. And in Leviticus 11, we see the laying out of the principles regarding the eating of food. And God gives us definition here of what is clean and unclean. And unclean animals, unclean food, is something that we are not to eat. It is detestable. Now, there's been a widespread doctrine out there in the mainstream Christian church world that we can disregard all of these uh, food laws that are outlined here in Leviticus 11. Because, you know, the Old Testament, that has been nailed to the cross, it doesn't apply to us anymore. We don't follow the Torah. Instead, we follow Jesus. We follow the Holy Spirit. Nothing could be further from the truth. The, Where does this come from, this idea? It comes from something called replacement theology. And replacement theology is very deadly. Uh, it's not often taught openly, overtly, and directly. It's sort of assumed. Behind the scenes. Basically, the idea of replacement theology is that Jesus came and he nailed the Torah to the cross, the law to the cross. And we're no longer under the law, but now we're under grace. But Yeshua, in his own words, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Yeshua's words, he says this, Do not think that I came to destroy the law that is, the Torah, or the prophets, I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law, the Torah, until all is fulfilled. So he goes on to say, Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men to do so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Replacement theology is sort of like this, taking a pair of scissors and cutting your Bible in half and pitching the Old Testament in the trash and saying, well, you know, It's all been done away with. I I just follow the New Testament. Now I just follow Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and I'm under grace, not the law. Well, actually, when Yeshua comes to dwell within us, when we are born again, and He takes out our heart of stone and He puts in a heart of flesh, He begins to write the Torah, the Word, the Scriptures, upon our heart. And no longer is our heart of stone, but instead our heart is flesh. And so, with the indwelling empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we are to walk as Yeshua walked. And what did Yeshua do? He kept the Sabbath. He kept the feasts. He ate clean. He did not eat pig. And so if we are his disciple, we are to follow him and to do as he did. So the food laws do apply to us today. We are to avoid pork. And it, it goes into other details about other animals that are considered unclean. Now I want to jump into Matthew, or Luke chapter 6. This is the Sermon on the Mount that Yeshua gives. And any time life gets complicated, fuzzy, gray, um, any time I want clarity and a reset, and a compass pointing me to true north, I read the Sermon on the Mount. It just brings such clarity. And so in verse 22 and 23, it it reads as follows, What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man? When that happens, Rejoice, yes, leap for joy, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets the same way. Now, I'm going through a real stretching time right now, and it's a little bit like somebody took The plate of my life that has, you know, meat and potatoes and some vegetables and a little bit of dessert, and took the plate and just turned the whole thing upside down. And my living situation has radically changed. And instead of me having my own quiet little apartment, I'm now in a shared living situation with family members, a couple of grandkids. And it is a radical change. And I'm having to really lay down my life, and be a servant. And there's times when I get flaming arrows slung at me and a little bit of mud slung at me. I call it demonically slimed because hurting people hurt each other. And this family member has come through a horrific divorce and is healing and recovering from all of that. And is still in the process of healing. And so, it's sometimes we're like two bumper cars bumping. Crashing into each other. And so, a lot of grace, a lot of mercy, and a lot of forgiveness is required for this to work. Let's look at verse 27. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. And again, it's a clarifying statement. We're not to go into resentment or bitterness or anger or unforgiveness. We're not to walk away or run away. We are to pray for those who hurt us and love our enemies. Continuing on, verse 35, Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. Again, this is true wisdom. Another clarifying statement and a promise that with, when you do good to your enemies and you lend without expecting to be repaid, then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will be acting as children of the Most High because He is compassionate. He is forgiving. He's full of grace and mercy. And that is how the Lord wants us to be with each other. So Heavenly Father, help us to live out these words. Help us to do them. Help us to apply them in our lives and in our relationships. Help us to erase any record of wrongs and forgive and keep on giving, and keep on serving, and keep on loving those in our immediate circle. I know that this is your heart, Father. This is what you want us to do. And we live in very trying, difficult times. And we need each other. And so sometimes you put two people together because you want the rough edges to get smoothed away. And there's probably rough edges in me and rough edges in this family member. So, Father, do your work. Smooth away the rough edges in me and in this family member. And smooth it all out for your glory, for your praise, and for the sake of the generations to come. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Ye adonai vishmarekka ya ye adonai pana vikun neka yisa adonai naaf eleka vayase leka leka shahun